You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work friends, family, expect you to be on 24-7, well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. Blue Lion. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is... Calamara. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. He takes it himself. Put him back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown. Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Established Pass podcast presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I am your host, Blake Level. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan. And we're back here to reflect on our week three picks uh, for the 2020 NFL season. And, uh, yes, we are coming at you a day late, actually, uh, this week because uh, we decided we wanted to wait uh, for the Chiefs and Ravens game uh, because that was obviously one of the biggest games of the season at this point. Uh, we want to talk about that a little bit more instead of uh, just kind of <laughs> mentioning that and passing uh, on our our latter episode during the week. Uh, we want to kind of wait and, and talk a little bit about this one. And, Dylan, uh, that's where we will start uh, with uh, the Chiefs and the Ravens. Uh, as usual, we'll go through our games of the week, betting locks, and our upset picks, and then our quick picks, uh, kind of recapping in that form and that same order that we went in uh, with our, our picks episode each week. Uh, but Dylan, the Chiefs and Ravens uh, wasn't quite the, uh, I guess, you know, the game that necessarily we expected it to be. Certainly not for you and I, as we both picked the Ravens to win this game. Uh, but this was Chiefs early and often uh, as they get a two-touchdown win on the road. Yeah, yeah, it was surprising how dominant of a win it was for Kansas City. I mean, Baltimore's defense, which looked pretty good the first two weeks, it's not surprising for them to struggle against the Chiefs' offense. But on the flip side, I mean, you take out the, the kickoff return from Baltimore, that's only 13 points the Ravens' offense put on the board yeah. against Kansas City. That's a really scary idea for the rest of the NFL. And now Mahomes 3-0 and against Lamar Jackson. There's all the stats about how he's never come back in an, uh, in the second half he's i think he's undefeated in the regular season um, when his team's winning and then uh, has not won a game when his team's losing at halftime uh, I mean, you can't completely blame that on him uh, the second time these two quarterbacks faced they had a decent comeback um, that it's you know just too far too deep kind of like this game uh, yesterday they started making an impact and trying to get back into it obviously made it a one score game but that's only because the chiefs had a fumble a fourth and in inches they didn't get just their own mistakes and then when, when Mahomes had to turn it on to get one more touchdown, he made it look really easy. And yeah, I was I was surprised by how much Baltimore's offense struggled. I, I we have we've talked about how good we think Kansas City's defense can be in the past years, but man, I don't. It's definitely a combination of Baltimore coming out flat. Um, it just seems to be in some of these big games where this happens to their offense, so they get a little stagnant early and. Uh, by then it's just too late and they, they need the defense to play better than that. I know it's Patrick Mahomes. I know there's only so much you can do, but man, it was, 
it was pretty brutal to watch. Like early in that game, I was like, Kansas City. I mean, Bucker misses a kick too. It, it could have easily been uh, even yeah. more of a blowout. Very surprised it didn't end up living up to necessarily the hype of a game of the week. Probably gonna be hard to beat the Chiefs uh, with Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback, when you only pass for 97 yards uh, through the air yourself. Uh, <laughs> even though, the, as we know, the Ravens' uh, mo is uh, two. Uh, you know, run the ball, but at the same time, I mean, that's just that's not going to get it done. So, especially when Mahomes on the other side is going for 385 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. So, uh, that is not ideal for the Ravens. Probably not going to make, uh, you know, I think Ravens fans or people who pick the Ravens to go far in uh, the regular season and in the playoffs uh, too confident just because, like you said, we, we saw what they did last year against the Titans in the playoffs. Now you have a game like this early in the season against the defending champions, and just quite frankly, haven't looked good in either one of those games. And uh, so mm-hmm. that's going to be something that, that is a little bit concerning. Uh, moving forward, uh, I guess, really, uh, Dylan, the only other question is, and uh, we're going to uh, play the look-ahead game here as I pull up the Chiefs schedule uh, because this is where things get fun. All right, so the Chiefs host the Patriots uh, this, this upcoming week. We'll make our official pick on that, but, I mean, really – I hate to say this because this is a team that that barely beat the Chargers on the road, but I mean, you look ahead at the schedule. I don't know, man. Like, I don't, I don't see a lot of a lot of pitfalls anywhere until maybe uh, that game eh, at the Bucks, maybe in late November. I don't know. Like, they they do play at the Bills, which I guess depends on which Bills you're getting in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you look at the rest of the schedule, I'm not saying this team's going to go undefeated, but if they play like they did against the Ravens, <laughs> they got a pretty good shot, probably. So. Yeah, I could I could see it happening in terms of uh, just especially this year it's so different and you don't have even though they don't have their home field advantage that you know going to New Orleans isn't going to have the same impact going to Tampa Bay even even with a few fans in the stands. But yeah, it's just I, I don't know if we're going to see this defense play like that and obviously it's attributed partially to the Ravens coming up flat. There were some great throws Lamar made that were dropped um, and just some plays that were just off a tad. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's you know. There's only there's a reason only one team's gone 16 and 0 um, since they expanded to the extra couple games in the schedule, um, and only one team I believe went 14 0 before that, at least in the Super Bowl era. So man, I mean, yeah, the schedule isn't uh, doesn't look too tough, but I, I would I would lean more towards like a 14 and 2, and that's you know that's still being say I mean not, not a lot of teams go 14 and 2, but man, Patrick Mahomes it looks like he's on a, a different level. Their offensive line looks better than in years past. Uh, it's still Andy Reid, and just that defense, even if it's you know, even if it's not playing like last night, they're still good enough. And even in the Charger game, yes, Justin Herbert played pretty well. But, man, uh, you know, they kept that a close game, too. And I kept the Chargers out of the end zone. There was a lot of stuff made about the play calling. But they've still played, you know, across the board, maybe not as well as they did against Baltimore, but still pretty well so far. And that's, again, that's just a scary thought for the AFC, the NFL in general. This week against the Patriots at the Bills on October 15th, at the Bucks on November the 29th, and at the Saints on December the 20th. Those are your four games. If the Chiefs are going to lose, it's going to be one of those four. Mark it down. That's that's my bold prediction, which, uh, as we've seen here on the podcast, our bold predictions don't always uh, go very well. So the Chiefs uh, may come out and lose this week. Uh, the Patriots, we'll see. But going on to our betting locks, and uh, I don't need to spend a ton of time on these two just because these were interesting games. Uh, Dylan, of course, I picked the Bucks uh, at uh, minus six. They were six-point favorites at the Broncos. Uh, ching on that one because uh, that was one that was pretty, I think, clear as soon as the game started that this was going to be a game that the Bucks were, were going to dominate, and they pretty much did uh, in terms of, of what they did on, with their defense. And then uh, you picked uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers at three-and-a-half point favorites against the Texans. And that one looked a little shaky for a little bit, but uh, the Steelers wind up coming back and win that game by a touchdown. Anything in particular that stood out for you uh, from these two games? I'll tell you, my biggest takeaway was I can't believe we're about to get the Broncos and the Jets on Thursday <laughs> Night Football. That That's my biggest takeaway from this right here. Yeah, those uh, Broncos and Jets right now, uh, per football outsiders, have the best odds to get the number one and number two picks. Oh. Uh, they're, they're both in total efficiency last and second to last. Denver last, Jets uh, 31st. So, man, it's going to be – now that, that's peak Thursday Night Football. We, there's a lot of jokes made about – Bengals-Browns, which ended up being a pretty good game, and even uh, Jags-Dolphins. But I think uh, that's the epitome of Thursday Night Football. But, yeah, your your uh, your betting lock of the week looked a little more uh, sure for most of the game. Tampa's defense really strong again, and that's 
one thing that makes this team really scary is the offense continues to, to click and uh, figure it out together because their defense uh, looks like they picked up right where they left off, even a little better in the secondary. Honestly, obviously that's against a Denver team, but just overall impressed with what Tampa's done. And the Steelers, even though they haven't really had pretty wins, again, they're just racking them up. And I think the offense, again, just you know figuring it out as they go. Um, Houston, man, I mean, yes, a very br- brutal start to the schedule, but – I uh, can't say I'm surprised they didn't find a way to cover that three-and-a-half-point spread in Pittsburgh with that dominant defense. Uh, they looked good against Pittsburgh's defense early. Deshaun was doing everything he could in that first half, and then it kind of yep. fell apart. They could not run the ball. 15 carries for 29 yards. That's not going to get it done. Um, you can only <laughs> survive throwing the ball, and with, especially with all those pass rushers, knowing they're going to be dropping back in the second half. So it, it's uh, – yeah, Texans schedule definitely lightens up, but I, you know, man, it's going to be really tough because obviously the Titans find a way to get to three and zero. The Colts looking pretty good now. Uh, I don't know, Houston, as we said before the season, did not feel too good about their chances. Yep, it's hard to hard to win a game on the road uh, when you're a team that's yet to win a game this season. Uh, if you score 21 in the first half and zero points in the second half, and that was tell two halves uh, for the Texans, and uh, mm-hmm. as we said, Broncos, not very good. Uh, but speaking of good, cha-ching again, because uh, our upsets of the week, we know those this week as well. Uh, so even though uh, our betting locks, by the way, we're now 3-0 on the season, so uh, we're, we're on a pretty good roll here when it comes to our betting locks. But now for our upsets, uh, we get back on track here with our upset picks. I will say, I picked the Bengals in this one. Now, I was <laughs> I, look, I was confident in saying that I thought the Bengals – we're going to win this game. However, I think the same applies when saying that because I thought they were going to win the game, I also meant that they were not going to lose the game. And so they did accomplish that feat. Uh, and if you're looking at it from a spread standpoint, they were uh, six-point underdogs there. So obviously they converted on that as well. So that was a good pick uh, in terms of the Bengals. And uh, then, Dylan, uh, you got yours here when you picked uh, the Packers to go on the road and beat the Saints. Of course, that's the most noteworthy one uh, in terms of uh, the, the bigger games here because, quite frankly, we said it for the Eagles. If they didn't find a way to beat the Bengals, uh, serious concerns about the Eagles. And now Dallas Goddard's mm-hmm. injured. Um, even more injuries now, now for that team. And I, I'm looking at the Eagles right now and thinking, I don't know. Like, this is a – the thing is, like, we'll talk about the Cowboys in a bit. Cowboys are 1-2, and two, but I still yeah. think they are far and away the best team in this division, uh, which probably tells you all you need to know about the NFC East right now. Uh, but I also think the Bengals, even though that this is a tie and it's not a win – I think it's pretty obvious that the Bengals are going to be able to to kind of play this role this season where I wouldn't be mm-hmm. surprised if they beat some good teams. Uh, and as I've said, I don't really think the Eagles are very good right now. But I think you just kind of see that confidence the Bengals have with Joe Burrow, a quarterback. Uh, and then, of course, you know, we obviously talk about the Packers and the Saints. Packers go on the road, get another win. They haven't lost yet. Aaron Rodgers looks like an MVP candidate, mm-hmm. not named Russell Wilson. Uh, this was just a, an impressive performance from the Packers. Yeah, still the, some of the issues, it feels like I'm having deja vu of last year when I picked the Eagles to win, now the Saints to win the Super Bowl. And they, it just, I, I wouldn't say it's quite on that level. The offense still obviously put up 30 points, but uh, there's still some concerns with that defense not looking fantastic. I, I, you know, they've had a couple tough results against really good teams, uh, or, you know, obviously they beat the Bucks, but the Raiders game, uh, that's a little bit of an outlier that you feel like they should have a victory. And that's a, why we talk about just 13-3 and three is just so hard to replicate. And we talked about that with the Packers, but the Packers do not look anything like last season. The offense, all, all the uh, – them being conservative and overly, uh, you know, running the ball a bit too much with Aaron Rodgers, it seems like that is not the case. They're a team that, for me, is becoming almost like how I think of Seattle in terms of their offense is so – explosive and so good I am still concerned a lot with their defense just as much maybe as uh, Seattle's they've played some good uh, offenses so far so we'll see how they improve but it it won't matter if they're clicking this well on offense and uh, I wasn't completely shocked they won but the way they won exactly I didn't think they'd they'd be able to uh, Saints scored 30 points I I didn't think the Packers would take this one but man they've looked fantastic obviously they don't have to deal with the sound Aaron Rodgers had a couple times where he drew uh, uh, the Saints offside and you know was able to use that lack of uh, sound noise, uh, crowd noise to his advantage as he does so well. But yeah, second it's second DVOA now for Green Bay's offense uh, at this point, which is, uh, you know, man, I obviously the <laughs> Vikings are 0-3, but I feel pretty good about them winning the division at this point, uh, especially, um, you know, the Bears are 3-0, but I don't really, really will get to them, don't really have a ton of confidence. And then, yeah, you mentioned the Bengals. 
surprisingly one of the bigger DVOA results early in the year that's surprising. Their defense right now, ninth um, in the NFL, that's taking into account the quality of the opponents they played. That's second a week ago, so we'll see how that sustains. But as you mentioned, I think they're going to be a scary team. Obviously, they play Jacksonville next weekend, who everyone's been able to pass on them. So Joe Burrow, great fantasy play. Um, if, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, obviously we're going to miss the waiver wire pickups, but uh, yeah, I think that's a great guy to uh, have and start if you can. I know you have him in our league, so that'll work out well for you. Wow. And then the Eagles, it is, it is hilarious looking at the NFC East playoff projections uh, uh, based on Football Outsiders' algorithm. They, uh, like for them in Dallas, it's only a chance of winning the division. There is almost no chance of either getting a wild card spot. There's going to be one team making it from this division. It's probably going to be Dallas, despite being 1-2. and two. Yeah, they easily could be 0-3, yet they have a 57% chance right now <laughs> to win the division. Funny enough that Washington is only a little bit behind Philly. It's yeah. just – it's really ugly, man. And uh, at this point for the Eagles, I mean, I – I, I know we didn't pick them to make the playoffs, and I feel pretty good about that prediction right now because uh, I think Dallas still has more talent, and even though they've, they've kind of been lucky to even have one win, obviously they could have a couple, but, um, I, man, I, I just think they have too much talent to to be too worried about any of the other three teams in that division making any sort of comeback. Uh, eight and eight should be good enough for Dallas to win that division. Yep, that, that could definitely be it. Uh, eight and eight should get them there based on what we've seen thus far. Uh doesn't seem like the Eagles, uh, Giants, or Washington going to be much of threats uh, when it comes to that division. So the Cowboys better uh, work all their problems out during the regular season before uh, I need them to, to pick it up to, to get to that Super Bowl that I picked them to make. Uh, but uh, th- their path from a divisional standpoint uh, going to be easier than anyone's at this point. So uh, we'll see how it unfolds there uh, for the Cowboys. But before we uh, recap uh, our quick pick games uh, from this week, let's talk about our friends at DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants, and now they are counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food that you're craving right to your door. Ordering is very easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Plus, many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way to you. And right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the promo code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. And let's talk about our friends at Pepsi. Uh, Pepsi, uh, thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. That includes Dylan and myself. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch and for us, uh, obviously, we are excited to watch uh, our favorite teams uh, here on uh, the Established the Past podcast, which vary from week to week at this point. Uh, sometimes we love the Dolphins. Sometimes we don't love the Dolphins. Uh, sometimes Dylan loves his uh, Los Angeles Rams. Sometimes he doesn't, and we'll probably get to that game in a minute. Uh, but Pepsi, no matter what, is still the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi is made for football watching. All right, Dylan, let's talk about uh, some of these other games here. Uh, Boy, let's talk about our Dolphins because uh, they just come out and, hey, what do you know? The Dolphins are officially back on track, making their way to the playoffs here as they get a (laughs) 31-13 win against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Just when you think that the Jaguars are not going to be a bad team, uh, they lose a game at home to the Dolphins by 18 points. Again, we don't spend a lot of time on the Thursday night games, but uh, anything that you take away from this other than the fact that uh, Miles Gaskin, I guess, is is the fantasy darling now because um, he's someone like myself who's really struggling right now in fantasy. Uh, he may have to be someone that I have to pick up here. James Robinson, what about him? Uh, yeah. Even though, you know, the Jags lost. I mean, hey, you've got, you've got two guys we really were not thinking about when it comes to fantasy, which may be the only uh, redeeming quality of a game like this. 
Yeah, and some deeper leagues in one of the leagues I'm in, at least I think also our work league, James Robinson was picked. In my other uh, league with friends, I do have Miles Gaskin was on my bench. <laughs> it worked out, though, because I had Daryl Henderson playing. But, yeah, uh, my takeaways, maybe Jacksonville's offense not as good as it looked the first couple yeah. of weeks. A big shocker there. I still think they'll bounce back fine. I was still ranking in the top half of uh, offenses in DVOA. And also uh, – I just the Dolphins probably weren't as bad as known to start. I mean, it wasn't too surprising. They almost beat Buffalo. Um, they played the Patriots pretty well. So I can't. Yeah, I think just a little underestimation of our part on the Dolphins. A little over, uh, overconfident on the Jaguars. Uh, fantasy takeaway: play any uh, player in the passing game against Jacksonville. Their secondary so far ranking last in DVOA. It's going to be a rough season for them. Uh, and yeah, definitely pick up anyone you can in the passing game against them. Fantasy. DJ Chark, please get better. As someone who's top two wide receivers with Devontae Adams and DJ Chark, I really need you to get back on the field uh, here very soon. So uh, please get well, uh, my friend. Uh, all right, let's talk about uh, this next game, which uh, I don't know. We look at this next game, and I wonder why in the world did I not look at this and say this is your betting lock of the week without question. Because even with the uh, 49ers having a ton yeah. of guys banged up, uh, they still beat the Giants 36-9. to And uh, right now I'm starting to think the Dolphins would be the second-best team in the NFC East because uh, this was uh, just not good from the Giants. And I think the Giants are right there. We talk about the Broncos and the Jets. Um, I don't know. Unless I'm, I'm forgetting someone, and we may get to them here in a minute. But uh, the, there's your teams right there to keep an eye on when it comes to the race uh, for the number one pick because the Giants are not very good. And, uh, I mean, I guess give the 49ers some credit. I mean, Nick Mullins is out there as the quarterback. Uh, he steps in, has a pretty good day mm-hmm. against a bad team. But uh, still, to go on the road, get that win uh, after you lose all you know a lot of pretty important guys, uh, that, that's impressive in and of itself. Yeah, the Giants uh, did stop the run pretty well. That's the only thing I can say they did well in this game, and it didn't really matter because Nick Mullins threw for uh, 343 yards, uh, had a fantastic day, and man, it was uh, we we forget how good Kyle Shanahan made Nick Mullins look uh, when he filled in for Jimmy Garoppolo a couple years ago after his injury, and it, sure enough, against this Giants roster, it's just depleted their. Their run defense, that's the only good thing that we're seeing in New York from either New York football teams. Uh, both have great run defenses, but really, really terrible against the pass. And sure enough, yeah, Mullins looked great. Even the running backs didn't have crazy days running the ball, and McKinnon and uh, Jeff Wilson there, great days, uh, great days out of the backfield catching the ball. And I think you can expect more from the, anyone who gets snaps as a running back in Kyle Shanahan's offense, no matter who it is, no matter who's hurt. Uh, those guys are going to produce, especially against a team as terrible as the Giants. And it's going to be, yeah, they play the, the Rams next week. So uh, excited to see what how Daryl Henderson can perform for me in fantasies uh, and as well as just throwing the ball in the backfield. It's going to be an interesting game. <laughs> yep, uh, we'll see what happens with that one. Of course, we'll have our picks uh, for that on the next episode. But the Patriots, 36-20 to 20 winners against the Raiders. And uh, this was just kind of one of those, eh, I don't want to say vintage Raiders performances where they go on the road and they just they don't play well. Uh, they mm-hmm. have some of those stretches where they look good. I mean, they obviously got off to a, a fine start here. They led after the first quarter. But they just have those stretches where they just don't play well, and that kind of results in the other team taking control. And that's kind of what happened with the Patriots here, uh, winning this game 36-20. Uh, but, uh, I mean, this is one. I mean, you never expected the Raiders to win this game. But they mm-hmm. just, I mean, they just, you know, they struggled in the second half, and they just really didn't have an answer in terms of, especially in that third quarter. Um, they just couldn't do a whole lot. And then having to, to battle back from that, um, they're just, I don't know, it's just one of those wins. One of those kind of wins for the Patriots you've come to expect at this point. Uh, and Sonny Michel, he's back. Nine carries, 117 yards. Uh, so uh, there you go. Fantasy owners rejoice. Yeah, if at least for the Raiders, for their fans, they kept the game close in the first half. But, yeah, same story with some of the mistakes. Uh, the fumble, obviously, late, yeah. allowing that touchdown. But just in general, man, they – uh, I, I thought the Raiders played okay, um, but yeah, the Patriots still, their defense still solid. It's not the defense from last year. I don't think you're going to expect that. So I am, you know, I, at this point, I know you're probably higher still in the Patriots than the Bills, where I'm maybe flipped. Um, but it's partially because of the defense. I do think the running game and what they're doing on offense uh, definitely looked a lot better in this game. It, it, obviously, you see how they adapt their, their game plan to who they're playing. Um, the week before against Seattle, they threw the ball so much in this game. Camp still threw it uh, 28 times, but they ran the ball 38 times, averaging over six yards per carry. Just absolutely dominant on the ground. And uh, I'm just so confident in what Belichick and uh, Josh McDaniels week to week to figure out based on who they're playing to game plan, game plan properly. And in this game, you know, the Raiders, I don't think they still have talent. They had some good plays on defense early in the game. But it's just uh, just a little outmatched, especially coaching wise. Yeah, not uh, you know not not a great performance from the Raiders. But uh, again, it's not like we really expect them to win this game. 
Uh, but uh, we'll see if they can uh, rebound uh, here moving forward. Nice win for the Patriots, and uh, they now move ahead with a little bit of confidence heading into that game against the Chiefs. All right, well, somehow this next game became pretty much the most important game in the NFL uh, based on the fallout from it. Uh, yeah. We're not even really talking about the game itself at this point with the Titans uh, beating the Vikings 31-30. to Titans moved to 3-0. Vikings dropped 0-3. We both picked the Vikings. We were wrong. Uh, but uh, what we could not predict was what was going to happen after the game. And of course, Steven Goskowski is the one that uh, made yet another field goal to, mm-hmm. to win it for the Titans. Uh, it's, it's crazy to think back to that first game against the Broncos, and everyone's just thinking, this guy's done, and, and here he is now. Um, you know, he's made a lot of a lot of game-winning field goals this year. So uh, he gets the win there for the Titans. But as we know now, plenty of uncertainty uh, because uh, the Titans have had a COVID-19 breakout within the organization and uh, apparently I think at least to this point from what we've seen uh, three players uh, have landed Mm -hmm. on the uh, COVID-19 reserve list or whatever they're calling it and uh, there are also staff members involved in this I don't know what the total number I want to say it was eight was the Mm -hmm. reported number um, in terms of cases within the Titans which of course has led to the Titans uh, shutting down in-person activities until at least Saturday is at least what we were hearing at this point. Uh, The Vikings are also included, obviously, because they were the ones that played the Titans most recently. So the Vikings have shut down team activities. We don't know exactly when they could be back. Uh, I think they're still awaiting test results and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. So, boy, I don't know what you say about this because, I mean, this game-wise, I mean, it's a a great win for the Titans. It's not good for the Vikings because they dropped 0-3, but... Now I think the biggest question we have is, are these two teams going to play this week, or Mm -hmm. when are they going to play again? Because uh, having to shut down team activities, and at least in the Titans' case, it seems like it's something that's going to be extended until at least Saturday, knowing that they play a game on Mm -hmm. Sunday against the Steelers. We don't know exactly how long things could be for the Vikings, uh, again, without knowing the results of tests or anything like that. So, uh, boy, this is kind of one of those things that we knew in the back of our minds was probably going to happen at some point. Mm -hmm. But now it's just a matter, I guess, of seeing how things are handled and and whether the Titans actually get to play, I guess, either this week or next week at this point. Yeah, I mean, you can test, uh, you know, constantly and do all the right things in terms of how the NFL's approached it, putting more money into it than probably baseball. And, um, you know, for a while it looked like it was working. Obviously, it wasn't yeah. a perfect system. You never can be when you're not in the bubble, as we've seen with how effective the NHL and NBA bubbles were. Um, so it's not a complete shock. Um, of course, it would have been better if it had happened a little bit later in the week where these things come through. Yeah. Uh, now the Vikings, yeah, all the Vikings, uh, according to – Diana Rossini of ESPN. All the Vikings on Monday tested negative. They're awaiting their test results yep. uh, for today. That, by the time you guys listen to this, uh, those might be out. So that at least gives a chance they'll be able to play. The, the, the negative side for them is that uh, they haven't won a game yet. Um, yep. But uh, at least it sounds like they're okay. Whereas the Titans, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens. I've seen a couple ideas, but nothing. These are just like uh, on Twitter, people giving examples of uh, ideas for what they could do in terms of moving this game. I think to a, one of the one of the bye weeks later, it would involve a Steelers Ravens game getting moved, and there was a way. That, that there could be some shuffling to make it work. Another idea that Bill Barnwell of ESPN had was uh, just moving all of the playoffs in the Super Bowl, uh, uh, having this week between the conference championships and the Super Bowl taken out, the, the bye yeah. week there, and having the playoff games moved back and having a week 18 that's basically just there for any games that have to be canceled. Yeah. So basically you move this uh, Steeler-Titan game there, and then if there's any others, uh, that could be, you know, that's not going to really make fantasy owners happy, but that's not the concern here in right. terms of <laughs> just getting the season played. And uh, maybe there won't be – there'll be some teams like we saw in baseball the Cardinals didn't play a couple games obviously a lot longer season but maybe we'll maybe not everyone's going to play 16 games yeah. uh, we'll see what happens but yeah for the Titans uh, on the bright side Steven Gostowski three as you mentioned 350 plus yard field goals in the second half <laughs> just has been on fire since that horrible week one game and uh, Ryan Tannehill we talked about uh, you know we thought he'd probably still be able to produce uh, there's some questions about the small sample size of last year and he's really looked pretty good and the, the Titans offense even though they're not running the ball it has to be uh, running the ball effectively they're 20th in DVOA right now it has to be encouraging what they've done passing the ball obviously all these wins are by one score how sustainable is that uh, you'll take it any way you can get them uh, I still think they're a pretty good football team that should f- factor into the playoffs at the end of the year yep I think so too as we said we'll see what happens with that situation moving forward and if any changes are made which will obviously I'm sure uh, at least have a little bit more information when we do our, our second episode of the week uh, here later in the week but uh, uh, speaking of good football teams, uh, well, I don't I don't know that it necessarily involves uh, these next two teams, but the Browns, 
34 to 20 against Washington. Obviously, I'm, I'm kind of joking about the Browns. They are two and one now, but uh, I think it's a matter too of who have you beaten. You've beaten the uh, Washington and the Bengals, <laughs> which I don't again. I don't think it's going to give a lot of people confidence. And, and it really was mm-hmm. sort of interesting here. It was a, a tale of every quarter in this one, where uh, Washington got off to a good start. The Browns respond with 17 points. Washington responds with 13 points, and then the Browns respond with 17 points of their own. So it was just uh, kind of an up and down game, but probably what you expect from these two teams. Uh, I, I don't know. Like I'm still not. Even though I said we talked about making our picks uh, uh, for for Blue Wire and sending them, like I said, the Browns would probably be the surprise team of the league. But I'm mm-hmm. still not there yet. Like I, I just I think I need to see them against you know win good games because the only team I've seen them play that's been good thus far is the Ravens and they just got completely <laughs> destroyed. So uh, I don't really know if there's a ton of takeaway from this. Yeah, I mean, overall, the game completely hinged on turnovers. You have five turnovers for Washington, zero for the Browns. Obviously, there, there is that's that's not complete luck, but there is luck that factors into that. Uh, that's not really one of the more sustainable things um, in the NFL. So and that was really the difference. I mean, they win by two touchdowns, but the yardage is about the same. The number of first downs is the same. The third down efficiency better from Washington it just came down to those turnovers. Washington's defense still ranking really highly in uh, DVOA. So we'll see if they're able to continue to produce, especially with that pass defense. It's been a, a bright spot for them and something to be optimistic about, even if the offense and Dwayne Haskins are not sure how they're really going to uh, factor into the long-term future. Well, Tell them the floor is yours because uh, now we go to the Rams and the Bills because uh, this was easily the wildest game of the weekend. Well, you know what? I say that, but there's another team who's always involved in the wildest game of the weekend. But this was this is either 1A or 1B because uh, you had the Bills blow a 25-point lead and then find a way at the very end uh, to come back, and uh, you had the touchdown with 15 seconds left to get the Bills to win. Yeah. Uh, with 8.05 left in the third quarter, the Rams trailed 28-3. And then by 4.30 left in the fourth quarter, the Rams led 32-28. to 28. Boy, this is uh, one of those games where I really thought that uh, the Rams were going to find a way to win this thing. But uh, then you had Josh Allen, who at this point has pretty much stepped up and uh, given a nice uh, middle finger to everyone because this guy's playing pretty well right now. Yeah, uh, I mean, you thought Stefan Diggs was going to fit in really well with the system and what they did, but uh, he doesn't have a huge game, but does get that touchdown and Overall, yeah, the offenses look fantastic. It's, these teams are kind of interesting because I kind of fe- figured the Rams' offense would be better, and sure enough, right now it's ranking number one in DVOA. Uh, <laughs> after they, no matter, like, obviously they lose this game, but still factoring that in here, and Buffalo number six in offensive DVOA. So two, and and mostly on the on uh, the arm of Josh Allen, second in yep. passing offense. They're towards the bottom in rush offense DVOA. Both defenses really have been. <laughs> Not great. Uh, it's, not, it's more of a surprise maybe for Buffalo. I figured the Rams would regress with some of the departures of guys, but we'll see what Buffalo does over the course of the season. But right now that is, you know, they're, they're managing to win these last couple of weeks against the Dolphins and the Rams, but uh, two really uh, close games that came right down to the wire. Um, I mean, yeah, that, that, there's a lot made about the pass interference call at the end of the game. I thought they easily could have just been called illegal contact or holding. Maybe that would have made uh, other Rams fans not as upset. I thought that was a little more legitimate of a call. But the bigger issue for the Rams in that final drive and this defense overall, a lack of pressure outside of the few plays and Aaron Donald just does Aaron Donald things. He's not going to be able to do it every play. And the lack of pass rushes outside of him has really been their Achilles heel. Their secondary spin's pretty solid, but they just can't withstand. And you saw it on that third and 22 uh, conversion to Cole Beasley. There was also other uh, plays when they had the third and 25 just to get it to fourth and nine there at the end. So that that ended up being the uh, ending it for the Rams there. And uh, probably a game they didn't deserve to win with how they started. And uh, I think Sean McVay was right, though, when he said this team is better than last year's, despite last year's team being 3-0. Obviously, they lose this one, but you see when their offense has the right attack. And I think last year, there were too many times where we saw them struggle in the first half offensively and not adjust. And they it was the exact opposite. They made all the right uh, adjustments yeah. in the second half. And that is something that McVay has talked about himself, um, working on himself in terms of uh, being willing to admit he's wrong earlier in a game. Always after a game, you hear McVay taking responsibility. But to do it like that in the middle of the game obviously gave the Rams a chance to win. It was crazy that, I mean, it almost was like they, they made the comeback too quickly. <laughs> the, the fumbles <laughs> by uh, for, the fumble and the two sacks by Aaron Donald allowed them to get that last chance there. So, uh, really great, yeah, exciting game. Uh, really stings to to have that come back and then still lose. But I think, yeah, the Rams get the, the Giants in Washington the next couple of weeks, build on those games yep. as they get into a tougher part of their schedule. I think both these teams will be fine, and I do think Buffalo's defense will uh, bounce back. I think the fact, again, that Josh Allen's been this good, that is why I think Buffalo, for me right now, is just a bit above New England. I still really think Cam and the offense can do some great things, but I think both defenses, New England and Buffalo, have not 
not lived up to expectations. And I think Josh Allen, yeah, he's looked great. I mean, it's it's great. his development, what Buffalo's done, a credit to them, because obviously a lot of things in his rookie year, a lot of people weren't sure uh, about them taking him as high at number seven there, but he's worked out quite well for Buffalo. Well, Josh Allen has worked out quite well for the Bills, and Nick Foles has worked out quite well for the Chicago Bears because, once again, just uh, I don't even know. Like, I picked the Falcons in this game. You picked the Bears, and both of us were looking at each other and saying, how how can you pick that team? Because we just, like, neither one of us wanted to pick anyone in this game. Uh, But it wound up being the exact type of game we thought it would be, at a completely insane game that winds up with another Falcons loss. The Falcons blow a huge lead. The Bears scored 20 points in the fourth quarter. Last year, I'm not sure the Bears could have scored 20 points in half their games. Um, I don't even know if they did, if I go back and look (laughs) at it. But they scored 20 points in the fourth quarter in this game. And I just – I don't even know what you say at this point about the Falcons. I think the best thing for the Falcons – Maybe just restart the franchise. Like, you know, <laughs> you can stay in Atlanta, change the name, build another new stadium. I don't know at this point because this team just seems cursed. And, and we've seen that to this point. I mean, all these different games they've lost, these blown leads. I, I just, man, I don't know. Like, in back-to-back weeks now after this, I don't know where the Falcons go from here. Like, complete brutal honesty. Like, I don't know that I can look at the Falcons the rest of the season and feel like, okay, they're going to win that game. Like, I'm probably going to go into every game thinking they're going to lose, and maybe that's the way to do it at this point, and maybe that will help them actually, you know, reverse the mojo. But I just don't know how you lose this game. Uh, But I guess overall we kind of do. It's just their defense at this point is just – I don't know, man. They just give up so many things when they should not give them up. And, I mean, it, look, if you're Matt Ryan, who is Julio Jones didn't play in this game, but yeah. that wasn't the difference. Um, I just – I don't know what you're thinking right now. Like, I honestly I have no idea what you're thinking. It's it's rough, and it, it's a game where I thought, you know, they, they were running the ball pretty well, and they really didn't stick to it enough, and that's, you know, that's dirt cutter. That's what the Falcons are, and uh, he talked about after the game, he thought there was just too much time left to, to just sit on it, but that's not exactly, you know, the case here. This is not what was happening in this game. They're running for a, almost six yards of carry against the Chicago defense, which has rebounded, and but they are 20th right now in uh, run defense, DVOA, and man, uh, it's, it just felt like <laughs> they were falling right into the trap. And yeah. obviously, yeah, Nick Foles uh, plays hero, uh, made some uh, really good throws. And overall, I mean, looked a little more like the Philadelphia Nick Foles and the Jacksonville one that we briefly saw. So we'll see how that plays out. The, the schedule obviously gets a lot tougher for Chicago, for Chicago, a team that, yeah, 3-0. They're one drop away and one just, you know, playing the Falcons away from being 1-2. and two. So we'll see how they rebound. Obviously, you'll take any wins any way you get them. Um, but, yeah, Chicago at this point, because the defense has rebounded and they are doing really well against the pass, Jalen Johnson has filled in really nicely. And overall, their secondary has been so strong. So that is, yeah, I think they're, that's the one thing you can lean on if you're a Bears fan, even if and now obviously Foles getting this opportunity. If they can just stay average or get closer to average on offense, I do think the defense has enough to maybe get them uh, towards one of those last playoff spots. We'll find out as we get uh, a while from now. But, yeah, for the Falcons, it's a lot different story, a lot more question marks. And uh, there was a lot of people joking during the Monday night game last night. Uh, it was like a Falcons fan saying, oh, great to see future Falcons head coach Eric Bieniemy really <laughs> thriving tonight. Because, uh, yeah, it's not it's not looking like it's going to end pretty well there. Yep, got nothing against Dan Quinn, but uh, I have a feeling he's probably going to be searching for a new job uh, at this point based on how things have started. Uh, we'll see. Uh, on that, all right, let's uh, talk about the Panthers and the Chargers. Not really a whole lot to talk about from this one. Uh, Matt Rule gets his first win as an NFL coach. Uh, Chargers almost pulled off the hook and ladder. I, like, it was there, man. Yeah. If you didn't see the play, mm-hmm. like, you didn't watch the game, go back and find it because, like, they had it. Like, it was wide open. And when they showed kind of the, the vertical camera to where you're, you're behind the action, I mean, you saw, like, there was no yep. one on that side of the field. I think it was Keenan Allen uh, tried to pitch it to, to Austin Eckler. And I guess – I guess it was kind of a little bit, maybe it was either above him or beside him. I can't remember, but it looked like one mm-hmm. that could have been, maybe could have been made. Like, I just think yeah. it was a little bit of a, it's like one of those half split second type of things where if maybe Eckler slows down or maybe Allen waits a split second, mm-hmm. then it's just right there, but it just didn't work out. But, uh, I mean, hey, give the Panthers credit for, for winning this game. Uh, but uh, overall, eh, I don't really know there's a lot of takeaway from this. These are just two teams that we didn't expect to be very good anyways. 
Yeah, this is a very typical Charger loss, a game where you feel like <laughs> they should win um, and they have they have more talent. And I, I do think in this game they, they fell behind early. And, yeah, Teddy looked really good. I thought uh, they did a good job with what they're doing, passing the ball. The run game didn't do a ton. I thought the Chargers kind of panicked maybe a bit. Maybe that's a little strong. But they fell down by not that many points, and they started throwing the ball so much against a team that we continue to talk about having one of the worst run defenses yeah. in the NFL last year, continuing to be really bad. They ran for five yards a carry. They just – did not stick to it enough, and uh, obviously they couldn't convert some of the times they got down there, and that's just kind of been the, the story for the Chargers. I still think their defense is pretty solid. I still think they, that defense will be good enough for them to uh, win some games, but I just, yeah, it's those kind of things that have to frustrate you. Obviously, they barely lose last week to the Chiefs, uh, 58-yard kick by, by Butker away from possibly winning that. Now to lose to Carolina, it's just disappointing. It just it's, it feels so much like so many losses they've had in the past where you just think they should win. And, uh, yeah, in this case, really, I – it's not a ton of times where I'm completely going to disagree with some of the play calling, but I was, it was kind of surprising. Just they were throwing the ball so much. Herbert should not have thrown the ball 49 games or 49 no. times in this game. It's, uh, it's just not necessary. You're not, they weren't getting blown out early. It was, you know, they're losing by a couple scores. It's, it's not like the end of the game. Colts 36, Jets seven. Jets are the worst team in the NFL. That's all I got. Like, I mean, what, what else do you say? Like, I, I think they're the worst team, or at least the team that they put out on the field against the Colts, I think. And, again, they had some guys out with injuries. But, of course, Le'Veon Bell still injured. Um, you know, Brashad Perriman didn't play. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I I don't even – I may even think the Broncos may be the favorite in this game on Thursday night. I, I don't even know that I can believe <laughs> I'm saying that. But the Jets just aren't very good, so – no, yeah, I don't have a ton to say other than <laughs> Indianapolis. Uh, obviously, the week one game, I, I do think it was kind of a fluke. We'll see. Uh, and DVOA is supposed to take into account the quality of your opponent. But Indianapolis, number one in defensive DVOA right now. We'll see how that uh, evolves. They get the Bears next week. That should be an interesting game. Um, but, I, yeah, I mean, as much as the story has to be the Jets and how bad they are, I still think Indianapolis, uh, you know, the defense – coming along is going to go a huge way that before the season we talked about that being something that had to happen for Indianapolis to be possibly a contender in the AFC. I do think it's pretty good. The Jets, I, yeah, as we mentioned uh, earlier, they want to right there with Denver for the highest odds to get the top pick uh, in the NFL draft. Uh, not a lot of good things happening. You combine that with injuries. It's, it's a, uh, it's rough going for the Jets and their fans and uh, we'll see. Yeah. Adam Gase. I don't know how long we talked about yeah. uh, Dan Quinn there in Atlanta. I don't know how long the Adam, Gase project and obviously Joe Douglas is probably going to want as we've talked about he's probably going to want his own guy they basically got hired right after and yeah at this point they've been drafting okay some of the guys the younger guys have looked pretty good the defense still isn't the reason maybe they're not the worst overall team is because their defense is still kind of middle of the road but they were really brutal against the pass one of the biggest splits you'll see in DVOA they're 31st against the pass and uh third against the run so yeah I mean just just throw the ball all day on this team and that's uh even though the the Colts weren't insanely efficient throwing the ball. That that was a big reason they were able to move the ball quite easily on the Jets. Seahawks 38, Cowboys 31. Uh, this was a pretty good game, as expected. Um, this was just, uh, I mean, Russell Wilson, MVP train, keeps rolling right along. Uh, 27 of 40, 315 yards, five touchdowns. Um, he added 22 rushing yards to that. Uh, Dak on the other side, 357 times, uh, 472 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, but, uh, I mean, this look, these are – I still think these are two of the top uh, – I don't know what the mm-hmm. number maybe is, top five, six maybe, I guess, teams in the NFC at this point. Um, yeah. The Seahawks are obviously right there, you know, at the top with whoever you want to put, whether that's the Packers uh, or whoever. But uh, I think the Cowboys are still in that group. And, again, even though they've lost these games to the Rams and now the Seahawks and they had to come back to beat the Falcons, I think we see that potential with the Cowboys. And I think it's just like, okay, it's going to click at some point. And, uh, again, the fact that they get to play – these teams in their division six times, uh, that in and of itself uh, feels like six wins uh, there for the Cowboys. Yeah, that's that's the big thing they can uh, look back on is they, you know, they get through this tough, tougher, I guess, part of the schedule. Not like, I mean, the Seahawks and Rams and having to face the whole NFC West is not what ideal. But, yeah, you think about all six of those games that are coming up, uh, you have to feel good about Dallas winning that division at least. And if they're able to get things clicking by the end of the year, it might be a different story for them. The defense still a concern. Um, but a lot of teams are, are sorry. A lot of <laughs> defenses are going to give up a lot of yards and a lot of points yeah. to Russell Wilson. It, it doesn't look like it was a week one thing. I, I think in terms of them letting Russ cook, it's just going to continue to be the case. Uh, obviously, five touchdowns. I mean, almost has a perfect rating. Couldn't 
couldn't ask for a better performance uh, again from him. I think, yeah, between him and Rodgers, I feel like they're probably the two, for me, leading MVP candidates at this point. Yep. Uh, you could probably put Mahomes still uh, right there. <laughs> it's like you uh, always uh, forget about him, like, in this discussion. Yeah. It's just like, because he's, it's almost like a given, and so it's, you know, I don't know. Well, it's like one of those where, who knows, so... It's tough with, I mean, yeah, it's only three games in, so we've got a long way to go, but you have uh, two teams that have scored over 30 points every game in the Packers yeah. and Seahawks, and their defenses aren't very good, so it's going to, you know, the Chiefs' defense improving might actually end up hurting the odds because he's not going to have to do what he did in 2018 for Kansas City to win, and it does feel like that for Seattle. I am still concerned about their defense. They still let some things look too easy for Dallas as they've made that comeback, um, and that's the one Achilles heel you wonder by the end of the year if Seattle can figure that out, their pass rush. Not fantastic. It's it's the one thing that does hold me back from saying, like, you know, I, I said before the season they were a team I considered to be a, my Super Bowl pick. I was too worried about the defense, and it still is as excited as I am for Russell Wilson and what they're doing on offense. That is still the one thing that makes it tough for me to, to put them – like I'm pretty, yeah, they're definitely in the conversation of top five teams in the NFC or even in the NFL probably. But yeah. it's just you wonder if against the likes of Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, what that's going to look like. You do. And uh, speaking of uh, that division, just when we thought, just when I was ready to put the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray right there with that uh, that top group, they come out and lose it home to the Lions. Uh, and we said this, uh, we did say, look, this is one of the games we were staying away from. When it came to you know our betting locks or anything like that, because we just did not necessarily. This is one of those games. I remember exactly what we said. It's like this is one of those games the Lions win. Like they'll win these games that you don't think they should win. And this is what happened here. Kyler Murray had three interceptions. Not ideal at all after a hot start. Um, and and now you know for the Cardinals, it's just you go back to the drawing board here and you have to regroup uh, because this is one of those where I think you know you lose a game like this and. Look, I mean, the next two games on their schedule, they're at the Panthers and at the Jets. Like, this is one of those situations where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you can't let this game against the Lions turn into two losses in a row or even a potential loss to the Jets. And then after that, you've got the Cowboys and the Seahawks. So the Cardinals need to get back on track here. They need to be 4-1 and one heading into to that mid-October game against the Cowboys. Uh, but this is a little deflating based on uh, how they started the season. Yeah, absolutely. I still think they have to feel good about where they are. Obviously, getting the week one win uh, means a lot. But, yeah, this loss, it dropped them down quite a bit in terms of their playoff odds, uh, 13%, one of the biggest drops of the weekend, uh, just because of, yeah, the quality of the opponent. These are the games that, on your schedule, you have to (laughs) – yeah, not have to win, but if you're, <laughs> the NFC is so crowded, that extra playoff team does make a difference. But this division still, like, yes, you beat the Niners, but you still have two games against Seattle, two games against the Rams, who they haven't beaten since I think McVay's been there. Um, and then, yeah, they, they obviously have to face the Niners in a rematch, and they're probably going to be a lot healthier and still almost won that first game. So, man, it's it's not going to be easy uh, for them. And uh, you mentioned, yeah, the schedule uh, after these next two games. It, so they get those, but then there are some tougher games. And you have to uh, – it starts next week. You have to win the games against the teams you should beat. Uh, you're not the you're not the team from last year. That you, uh, Even if, uh, you know, maybe they're not as good as after the first couple of weeks, people are hyping them up as a uh, – and Kyler as a possible Super Bowl ca- or uh, MVP candidate, hyping them up as one of the better teams in the NFC. I don't know if that's really still the case. I still have concerns with their defense. I thought they played okay. Um, but obviously the turnovers, yeah, ends up being the, the Achilles heel for them in this game. And, yeah, you can't have those mistakes um, when you're against a team. Yeah, the, obviously Detroit's defense is not it's not one of the best in the NFL. It's not, yeah. it's not bad, but it's not it's not great either. So uh, it's a team that, yeah, Arizona should have won, and you, you hope for their sake at the end of the year they don't look back, um, and whether it be winning the division possibly, but more likely, you know, getting a wild card spot. You hope they don't look back and be like, if we just – you know, managed to hold on to that Detroit lead, that would have been the difference. Yep, we'll see uh, what happens there with the Cardinals. Uh, everyone in that division has a winning record right now. Not surprising, probably at this point uh, of the season. But uh, there you go. There's a look back at uh, all the action from week three. And uh, Dylan, I'll go ahead and tell you, I'm looking ahead already. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I've got the uh, the Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week coming up here uh, later in the week because I'm looking at these early spreads and who. There's one out there that is completely juicy. Like, it's just uh, give me that one, and uh, I'm all in on it. There's actually several uh, from this <laughs> week. As I'm looking ahead at this, there are several double-digit favorites, and I'm not talking about, like, just at 10 points. Like, uh, the Rams are, I think, let's say 13-point favorites against the Giants. Oh Baltimore 
the Ravens are 13-point favorites against Washington. Uh, there's somebody else that's a double-digit favorite as well. Let me see if I can find her. Maybe that's the only two. Uh, maybe that might be the only two. But uh, some of these are very interesting as you look ahead, and we'll see uh, exactly which of those appeal to us. But uh, i got my eye on one right now. We'll see where it goes uh, with that one. But uh, all right, that'll wrap it up, as we said, uh, with the uh, the week three uh, thoughts there. And, uh, Dylan, we've got a lot of stuff going on over clutch points here as uh, the action rolls on. And as we said, at this point now, uh, having to kind of keep an eye on uh, some moves here in the NFL when it comes to uh, Titans, Vikings, and uh, anything else, I guess, at this point. Yeah, we'll see what happens with the schedule. But for all the games that do happen, you can follow them in the Clutch Points app. You can follow the MLB playoffs. Currently, I've just started today in the MLB or in the MLB section of our Clutch Points app. The NBA Finals, obviously, uh, tipping off tomorrow. And if you're listening to this, it'll be yep. that day. So, yeah, follow all those games. A lot of stuff happening on our website as well. You can go to clutchpoints.com to the NFL section for all of our NFL content. Search fantasy football. Um, it, hopefully, you already are searching, even though this podcast is coming out. Um, after all of our waiver wire pickup uh, recommendations, are there. Maybe there'll still be some guys available on Wednesday. Um, we have our Stardom Cinema articles that uh, should be out in the next couple days as well, uh, leading up to the week. And yeah, you're talking about the early, um, looking at the early spreads here. I, I think I can predict maybe which one you're looking at. I don't want us to get overly confident and have us each do two betting locks, but you know, maybe we can make an exception for one week where we do that. Because yeah, like you mentioned, there are some games where I feel a little bit better. For, uh, I'll, I'll just say the one which I one do you think that I, I'm looking at? There's, there's two that I think you're looking at, All right. um, or that I think are potentially it. It's the the Niners, only six and a half point favorites over the Eagles, and the uh, Packers, seven and a half point favorites at home over the Falcons. Mm, how about neither this? Of those it's neither of those. Oh, there you go. Goodness. There's the oh, teaser. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, there no. well, is we'll the find teaser. out next week. Yeah, on the next. That, that's the teaser because I will say that the the Packers one was in consideration. That's that may be my second one on the board right now, but there's another that uh, I feel pretty good about based on uh, what we saw from uh, the underdog uh, in this week. So we'll see uh, what happens there on that one. But before we get to that, check all the stuff out at Clutch Points. And, uh, yeah, be sure to subscribe. Any podcast app you use, you can find us on there. And just uh, subscribe for free. And uh, thanks, as always, to the fine folks at Blue Wire uh, for all that they do. And thank you, as always, for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Established the Past Podcast. All right, and let's talk to you about our friends at Bet Online. The wait is over. Football is back, and while you may not be out of game this year, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head on over to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. And don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.